Morning, morning. <laughs> Feels very strange. Oh. Like that worship, I feel like some of the songs that they sang, I was like, this is, like, I can feel him like flowing already. Like that second song, if anyone needs to know, it's called Broken Vessels, if you don't already know what it's called, because that's something that I remember being sat at Tina's house um, during my intern year last year. And she just had it on while she was making cups of tea. And I was like, already emotional from so hearing that song. I'm going to pray before I actually start. Lord, I thank you so much that you're already here, that you're already moving, and that you're already speaking. And I pray that I move completely out of the way, that in this moment that you just use me as a mouthpiece, Lord. And I pray that every heart and every mind and every ear is open to hear what you have to say today. Amen. Okay. So the scriptures aren't going to come up on the screen. So if you guys want to Get your phones out, not to go on Facebook and various other things. But so you have access to a Bible, whether you've got a physical Bible with you or you've got your phone, just because they're not going to come up. Um, so when I was praying about today, um, the Lord gave me a question. He didn't necessarily give me like a word. And the question was, do you really know me? Um, so I'm going to prep you for a gut puncher of a scripture, so everybody get ready. <laughs> uh, there are parts of the Bible that are hard to hear, but they're there for a reason, and we shouldn't shy away from teaching on them. So deep breath, everyone. And you're going to search for Matthew 7, 21 to 23. If you're doing it on the Bible app, I'm using the ESV, just so you've got the same literal words. So Matthew 7... 21 to 23. I'll just give you a second to find it. I'm just have a sip of this. Okay, so it says, I'll read it twice for those of you who haven't got a phone with you or a physical Bible. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Anybody else's stomach just go, when you, when you heard that, you're like, oh my gosh. Um, I remember the first time I read that scripture, and the fear that rose in me that Jesus was going to say that to me one day. And I don't know if you noticed, but the people in the verse see the stuff that they're doing as what sets them apart as followers of Jesus. They list the things they've done in his name, prophesying, casting out demons, and mighty works. They're thinking that their actions demonstrate their power and credentials. Look at me, Jesus, I've done X, Y, and Z in your name. But Jesus is saying you're missing it. You're absolutely missing it. In verse 3, he says, 
Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. His priority is relationship. He wants to know you and to be known by you. So the the title of my message today is To Be Known. So if you make your notes, it's called To Be Known. Are we the people in the passage calling Jesus Lord and doing all these things in his name, doing all the stuff and not actually knowing him? Are we missing it? Have you thought about the fact when we get to heaven, we won't be able to do anything for Jesus? There'll be nothing you or I can do for him. You can't even make him a cup of tea. I know I've got mugs, but you'll understand later. But you can't even make him a cup of tea. You can't do anything. We will spend eternity in his presence. And how does that make you feel? Does it fill you with excitement and joy that you get to spend forever with your friend, Jesus? Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> or does it make you feel a little bit awkward because you have no idea what you talk to him about because you can't do all the stuff that you do now? Do you already have a history of conversation with him? So when you arrive, like it's just a f- natural flow of conversation. Do you already have a relationship with him on this side of eternity? I know it's a cliche. I'm going to say it, but the reason that it's cliche is, is because it's true. <laughs> Christianity isn't a religion. It's about relationship. Jesus wants to know you and to be known by you. So don't get me wrong. I have a qualifier here. He isn't condemning the people in the passage for doing things in his name. He gives many commands and instructions of how we should live out our faith. At the end of Matthew, which is what the scripture is in, there's the Great Commission, which instructs us to go out and make disciples of all nations. So don't get me wrong, like serving in church is what we should be doing. Like I, this is physically serving, this is serving. Like Chris at the back, sitting chairs, I'm not, that is serving. I'm not saying don't be servant-hearted. It's, where you're, it's the place that you're serving from. So what is Jesus getting at in this verse? He's showing the people that their priorities are wrong. They're prioritizing the outward action of their faith rather than spending time with the one they have faith in and then serving from that place. So the preach that Fatmon is doing upstairs is actually what I'm going to reference now. So if you weren't in the room, last not last week, the week before, you can listen to it. Um, So she's talking about the heart. So Fatmon said two weeks ago, we need to get our hearts right. We need to be desiring God and getting to know him before we go out and do all the stuff. Otherwise, we're doing it in our own strength and and often out of pride and performance. So I want you to listen to verse 22 again and maybe read along. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? Can you hear the pride in those people's voices? Because I can. I've done X, Y, and I did this. So maybe... You can reel off a list of what you do in church. I'm on kids' team, I help in the cafe, I serve at she nights, I do the cleaning, I do this. But would you have as much to say if I asked you, what has Jesus been saying to you recently? Or how is your relationship with Jesus at the moment? Do 
Do you only go to him because you have an issue or a need? So you sit here and you spend time with him and you're talking to him because there's something you're really struggling with or there's something that you really want. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your health. Your kids are struggling at school. You're praying for a relationship or a new job or to have a baby. So you sit here and you spend time with him. Does anyone else (laughs) use the dad when you want something? And because of the way you say it, your dad or your mom or whoever you're calling, it could be like your husband, like mom, they know by the tone of your voice that you want something. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yes. <laughs> whether you're on the receiving end or whether you're the person doing it, you've, someone's, you've either said it or you've received it. And sometimes we can fall into this with God. So you sit here and you spend time with him because you're wanting something from him, whether it's you're in pain and you need him to move in a certain way to release that pain, or whether it's because actually you really, really want something. So what happens when you get that breakthrough or the desire that you've been praying for? What happens now? So... The healings come. You got the job, the baby came. Or, I don't know, whatever the thing is, the like, what happens now? You've got it. Do you up and leave because you got what you needed? Thanks, God. And you just... You carry on with your life because you got it. And you only return to the table when you need something else. And I feel like we've all done it. I'm not sitting here saying, I don't do this. But I've grown from that. So don't let this blessing become a barrier to your relationship. You don't sit and wait for this to arrive, and once it's come, like toddle off. We don't do that because if if you if like it was your friend or your spouse or I don't know like father daughter relationship like with my dad, if I literally only ever went to him because I wanted to like use the dad voice, the dad, how would that person feel on the receiving end of that? if you only ever sit in this space because you want this. So don't let the blessing become a barrier in your relationship. Do you actually want to spend time with him to get to know him for who he is and not just what he can do in your life? Do you desire his presence or his presence? What is it that you're looking for? And I'm not saying this to condemn you or make you feel guilty. This right here is a reset and an invitation. 
a time to stop and think about what our own personal faith looks like, to step away from the performance mindset of the people in the passage and take the invitation to know Jesus better and grow closer in relationship with him. I don't know what your lockdown has looked like, how you felt spiritually, because obviously the expression of church has completely changed. We're sat in our homes. Obviously now we're meeting together, which is amazing. But it's been really difficult. And even for me personally, I find it really hard to worship to like my full extent in the house because I would be in the conservatory, which is obviously quite literally a glass box. And my parents are always out in the garden. And I don't feel like I can like full on go for it because I know that they'll see me. And so for me, coming back to the building, even though we can't sing at like full blast, is such a relief for me. Um, so how do we accept this invitation for relationship rather than presence and gifts and what he can do for us? Um, so you're going to go to Matthew 11, 28 to 30. If you're, so it's Matthew 11, 28 to 30. And I'm going to read it in the message translation if you are using a, like electronic Bible. So I'll just give you a second. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Okay. Are you tired? Worn out? Burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So I'm going to read it again. It's Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Are you tired? worn out, burnt out on religion. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I show, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that make you breathe a sigh of relief, like a complete opposite reaction to the first scripture? And you think, yep, I'll have that. Sign me up. It's quite a contrast to the other one. So Jesus is inviting us into relationship with him. It says, walk with me. So walk alongside him, be with him, and work with me. So obviously the people in the previous passage had the, we've done this, this, and this. And this is about being in partnership together. Watch how I do it. There are many times in the Bible where Jesus models relationship with the Father and serving or working from a place of relationship. So the one that springs to mind is when Jesus gets up early in the morning to go somewhere to pray alone and the disciples have to go out and look for him. Jesus knew he needed to spend time with God before he could go out and serve the people. He needed that place of relationship, that place of refreshing to then have 
the energy to go out and do it, to not do it in his own pride or his own strength. So how do we go about accepting this invitation? How do you and I go about developing our personal relationship with Jesus? Simple, really. Like anyone else, you're trying to get to know you spend time with that person. It could be done through reading the Bible, through prayer, listening to worship music, going out in nature. However you most connect with God, prioritize that. People, like I'm a very visual person, so I, I read a lot, and like if I see imagery, and I'm a musical person, so I love listening to worship, and the thing that I've realized is how much I worship in my car, because when we were in lockdown, and obviously you're not really going anywhere other than the supermarket, I realized how much time I spend listening to worship music, driving to and from work. So it's making space in your life to spend time with him. And the thing that Fatman said two weeks ago and Vicky said last week was like, are you coming to church because it's just what you do? Or are you here? Or are you, like, if you're watching online, are you doing that because you want more of God? Or is it just a habit, essentially? And um, <laughs> I, want you to, I want to let you know that I'm preaching to myself right now. And that when I was asked to speak, so I got asked, I think it was last Wednesday, something like that, it was midweek last week. It felt really hypocritical to be asked to stand here and preach because I went back to work mid-June. And for people that don't know me, I work in Starbucks and I work shifts. And I still haven't found the rhythm around the shifts of spending time with God and with life looking more normal. Um, and I don't know what lockdown looked like for you in terms of, I was furloughed, so I, didn't, I wasn't working at all, whereas I know there are people in the room who've worked all the way through, who've been going physically to work and working from home. But everybody's normal has, has changed. And we're currently in this process of finding the new normal, as everyone's like phrasing it. Um, so what do you want that to look like for you? In this moment, like obviously church looks very, very different, and maybe the team that you serve on at the moment isn't accessible. So like maybe you serve in the cafe. But are you doing that out of, we just do this? Or are you doing that because you want to serve the church and you want to serve God? And because you're doing this out of a love and a place of relationship? Um, so during like my period of being furloughed and quarantine, I've had moments of feeling incredibly close to God, like I've never felt before. And I've heard his, vo his voice very clearly. And I don't want that to be a memory. I don't want that to be, oh, do you remember when it was coronavirus and this happened? And like, and like it was almost like a time capsule of this is where my relationship got to. Now that I'm back to work, like, I don't want it to be, oh, that was great, and then you just carry on. I want to not strive because it's not about that. It's about wanting to be that close to him, to hear him, and to just say, like, actually, I honor and value what you've done already in my life, and I want to spend time with you. Like, I'm not here because I need a new car. <laughs> or, like... I need money to buy a house or this is really, this is going on in my marriage and 
I really need your company. Like, do you spend time with him just to spend time with him? I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I've had experiences of God since becoming a Christian that I know everybody has mountains and valleys, but it's like, I want to keep hold of this. And if, I remember like a careers advisor person saying, if you didn't have to think about money, what would you do as a job? And it's like thinking, if you didn't have to think about like going to work and that kind of thing, how would you spend your time? If someone gave you a day, thanks Lily. Sorry, I've got no time, I have no idea. (laughs) Cheers, love. Um, Yeah, so if you had like a day and you could spend it with anyone, you could do anything, how quickly would you think, oh, I'll spend some of this with God? It doesn't have to be all of it. I'm not being like, you should spend all of your time with God. Like, we all have lives. <laughs> but like, would you think about God in that? If someone gave you a whole day, would you go, oh, I'll bookend it, or I'll do this? or? So I don't want to miss it. The joy of truly knowing Jesus and being known by him. I don't want you to miss it either. So you might be thinking, Rachel, I know Jesus. I do all of them things, I read my Bible, I listen to worship music. Okay, so your challenge is, what areas of my life is Jesus not invited to? Maybe there's something in your past that's off limits to him. If he nudged you to deal with it, you shut the door. It could be relationships, the friends that you hang around with, family, or how you talk to your spouse. Jesus isn't allowed to talk to you about that. Mm -mm. it could even be a physical place your workplace, your home you could have a very compartmentalized view of where you allow God to work in your life so I speak to him in my bedroom when I'm reading my bible I speak to him at church I speak to him at life group maybe at Christmas, Easter or when you go to like a Christian conference or a Christian festival We miss out on so much because we forget that God is everywhere. We need to learn to remain tuned into his presence everywhere. I don't know if you remember Vicky's preach from, I don't know when it was, but she had two radios and it's like tuning in and you hit that frequency and then that's what I would remember. Maybe Jesus isn't invited in because there's hidden sin. And when I wrote that, I didn't realize that it rhymed. (laughs) So you've got like pornography, addiction, jealousy, bitterness, money worries, anger issues, the list could go on. Whatever it is, it could be the shame that you feel surrounding that sin that's stopping you from letting him near, from approaching that table. I want to let you in on a secret. Jesus knows everything about you, everything. So Lily, you're the only one that's in the room. So what is the word for God being all-knowing? You know this. Yes. So I taught on this at youth the other week. <laughs> so I was actually going to be like, any of the youth? And it's literally like, little. I don't think, Amy, that you were there. So A.W. Tozer said this in The Knowledge of the Holy. How sweet is the knowledge that our Heavenly Father knows us completely. No snitch can inform on us. No enemy can make an accusation stick. No forgotten skeleton can come tumbling out of the closet to expose our past. No unsuspected weakness can come to light and turn God away from us, since he knew us fully before we knew him. 
and he called us to himself in the full knowledge of everything against us. I'm going to read that again. How sweet is the knowledge that our heavenly father knows us completely. No snitch can inform on us. No enemy can make an accusation stick. No forgotten skeleton can come tumbling out of a closet to expose our past. No unsuspected weakness can come to light and turn God away from us. Since he knew us fully before we knew him. And, we, and he called us to himself in the full knowledge of everything against us. The knowledge that God is omniscient or all-knowing should make us not afraid to go to him in prayer about anything because he knows everything already. You can approach that table. There might be people in your lives that you feel like, oh, I can't tell that person that because you feel that they would reject you or you'd be afraid to tell them that because it would change their view of you. God knows everything. So nothing that you bring to him is going to surprise him. Nothing that you bring to him is going to change his view of you. So it's time to make yourself known to him. So if you, if you know Jesus and you have that relationship, but you're shutting him out of this place, why is it? Because he knows everything. And he came to take that shame away. He came to take that fear and that guilt away. Jesus is the one who sees you right in the middle of your mess, just as you are, and he doesn't look away. He doesn't. He steps towards you, he approaches you, and he stoops down and says, I want to help. He greets you with love, and he commits to walking it out with you. That's the gospel. God sent Jesus into the mess of the world so we could be reconciled to him and be in relationship with him. He didn't do it so you could do X, Y, and Z. He did it because he wanted to know you and to be known by you. So let's not miss out. So we're going to go back to the first scripture. So if you want to go back to Matthew 7, 21 to 23, because that gut puncher of a scripture has something in it that we need to address. Um, so Matthew 7, 21 to 23. So it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So how do we do the will of the Father? Like you've had the gut punch of the I never knew you, and we've spoken about that, of like you being in relationship with him. But how do we do the will of the Father? Those people are talking about, I've done this, this, and this. And yet Jesus is saying, but you don't know me. He's not, like I said, he's not condemning the actions that you're doing. So Romans 7 verse 4 says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, 
so that you may belong to another, to him, meaning Jesus, who, is, who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. Ephesians 1, 3 to 6 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through, as sons? As sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. Ephesians 1, 11 to 12 says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things to the counsel of his will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. The will of God for us is to bear fruit for him and to bring him glory. Notice there's no specific list. There's no X, Y, and Z that you need to hit and you're done. We need to seek God and his voice about the specifics in our lives. But the will of God for us is to bear fruit for him and to bring him glory. So the questions we need to ask ourselves, no matter what we're doing, is, am I bearing fruit for God? And does this bring him glory? So Romans 12, verse 1 in the message says, so here's what I want you to do with God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. So the questions I want you to go home with today, to meditate on and to pray over are, number one is, am I missing it? Are you too caught up in doing stuff for Jesus that you aren't actually spending time with him? Or... Do you desire his presence over his presence? The second question is, what areas of my life is Jesus not invited to? Jesus wants to know you and to be known by you. And the third question is, what fruit am I bearing for God? Are you bringing glory to God in your everyday life as well as through the ways you serve in the church? So, am I missing it? What areas of my life is Jesus not invited to? And what fruit am I bearing for God? Thank you.